D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. Another episode of The Kickback with Sabrina, Sharika, and E.B. Sit back, relax, and vibe. What's good, Kickback family? Welcome back to another edition of your favorite podcast, The Kickback. But today is slightly different than... Um, I guess I'll say the other times that we record, usually you just hear three voices, myself, Sharika, and Sabrina, but today we have an amazing guest with us, and she'll dive in a little bit um, about why she's here and what who she is. But before we do that, uh, we're going to start off with our temp check to just say, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Is there a certain mood in the air for you or a certain song lyric that's springing up your personality in this current season? Um, usually we would defer to the guests, but just so she won't get caught off guard, um, I'll start off and then I'll swing it to Sabrina or Sharika and then she'll wrap us up with her temp check. So for myself, I would say I am about an 80. Like if I had to put a degree on my temperature, it's about an 80. Um, I know many of you in other parts of the world, you are dealing with a real deal winter, but for us Floridians waking up in the 60s is a winter for us and we are in March. This is not the business. Um, I don't even have a song for, for you guys today. Usually I'll give you a lyric or two, but that's how cold I am. Like I wore a jacket, like a real deal jacket to church today, like at the time of this recording. So that is where my weather and my temperature is for myself right now. Sharika, Sabrina. Well, I am doing well. Um, EB sort of mentioned today is a Sunday. We don't normally record on a Sunday, but I'm liking the Sunday vibe. I just came from church, had a wonderful worship service. So I'm doing very well. And like EB said, it's a little brisk here, but you know, I like it when it's cold here in Florida because it's often too hot for too long. So I um, am having a lovely day, which is my song for today the Kirk Franklin version. And I'm just going to, it says, Jesus, you're the lover of my soul, the fire that burns deep within. You're the joy this world can't take away. This spiritual love affair, it will never end. And it's, and when I think of you, the world's all right with me. Lord, just one thought of you. And I know it's going to be a lovely day. And that is my song. And my temp is a cool 75 or warm 75, however 75 hits you. That's my temp today and my song. Lovely day. Love it. Uh, help me if you can. <laughs> I'm feeling down. And I do appreciate you being around. Help me get my feet back on the ground. Won't you please, please help me. Help by the Beatles. That's how I feel because I literally hate being on video. You guys know that. I do it because I love Sharika. Evie's indifferent. Like, so we have one person who loves it, one person who hates it, and then Evie in the middle. So I feel very awkward today. My armpits are sweating. Like something about being on video, I just don't love it. Like I feel awkward because every time I'm on the pad, I'm most multitasking. So like me looking down at my phone, I don't know what to do. I have nervous laughter. I'm biting my lip. So that's why my song is Help by the Beatles. My temperature is probably like a 60 because usually I'm very comfortable on the podcast, but today I just don't, I feel out of my element. I don't like y'all seeing me. I don't like y'all seeing my wig or my little hoodie or my office or my house. I feel like we're getting too personal 
and it's just feeling a little bit too close for comfort for me. So that's where I am. The, there is a silver lining though, because look, this part of the video, Sharika, Tracy, look what we all have, you guys. And it's so cute. So EB, you could be EB. a part of the club. Exactly. All you gotta do is pull those earrings. I feel like, okay, Sharika, Tracy, out of curiosity, earrings on a dude. Is it a yay or a nay? Sharika, yay or nay? Yay for me, my father, my brother, my husband, all with the earrings. Tracy, yeah. yay or nay? Yeah, yay, but with the caveat, you cannot have too big of a stud. You can't like super diamond, large cut. No, no. I'll say it's not for every man either. I will say it's Fair. not for every man. Fair. Can you imagine? Well, there's a person we know whose last name ends with Mike. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I was thinking about the exact same person. Can you imagine that person? I, for me, it's a definite yay. There's, I love the confidence. I just love that on a dude. I don't need it clearly because my husband would never entertain it, but it's a yay for me. Evie, I feel like you could pull it out. Could last name end with Mike, pull it off. You're asking me? I'm yeah. asking all of us. Oh, rhymes, rhymes, with, rhymes with Mike, it's a no for me. <laughs> That's the person I was thinking. If I saw that person with the aunt, no, I did, couldn't. I would be like, mm, you're doing too much. In the I wouldn't, I wouldn't love it. But we should clarify, though, too, when we were talking about what the three of us have in common, right now, we're pointing. So it, for the oh, audio. Right. Oh, right. yes. See, video, it's not for me. We're pointing to our nose rings. They look really cute. Three girls got the nose yes. rings. <laughs> Yes, for those I love it. I love it. I, I love, love my nose ring. All right. We know how Tracy feels about earrings on a man, but how does Tracy feel just in general today? Uh, today, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm going to say 75. 75 is good. For Florida, for me, 75 is yes. where you want it to be. I did not come pre prepared with a song. So I think I'm just going to tell you kind of like a mantra I've had lately. Um, consistency, not perfection. That's kind of how I've been feeling the last week, last few months, or trying to. Um, that feeling is like, just keep trying. There's no such thing as perfection. All that's going to do is get you to failure, really, and quitting. Um, but if you're just consistent, even when you fail, you're not going to quit. You're going to get back up. So for me, 75, consistency, not perfection. They should make that into a song, actually. Uh, EB, if you want to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. Thank you all for sharing um, your tip check and where um, you're mm -hmm. at. So as we, as you, as I already mentioned briefly, um, we we are highlighting this month of March, um, Social Workers Month or National Social Workers Month or National Social Work Month. Um, and one of our, I would say our dear friend, um, Tracy is a social worker. She has worked in the social work profession um, for different years, for different organizations, for different roles or tasks and functions. Um, so we was like, you know, it's easy to probably just call somebody and say, hey, do you want to talk about your career? Or, you know, find a friend who does the same thing and to give them a space and a platform to share some of, I would say, their ups and downs in life and some of their highs and lows of their personal perfection. But before we dive into that, um, Tracy, of course, welcome to the kickback. We're so glad that you have decided to share your career, your profession, your passion 
with not only us, but also with our listeners. Um, before we dive into questions about social work, do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where you, sure. where you hail from? Yeah, uh, Tracy Sydney, so glad to be here. I currently live in Tampa, Florida, been here for well over 10 years, uh, never planned to leave, so people stopped trying to get me to move to other places. Um, I, I moved to Tampa for college, um, went to USF, had no idea what I wanted to do in life, uh, and so kind of just picked psychology as the major to go for um, after I thought I should be a business major and almost flunked out of college. So while I was a psychology major and trying to make up all these classes, um, I got really interested in gerontology um, because of some family stuff with my grandmother getting dementia. And I ended up double majoring and graduated with a bachelor's in gerontology and a bachelor's in psychology. And then after that, tried to figure out, well, what do you do with this? I was never one of those people that like in high school or even as a kid knew what they wanted to do in life. I didn't like have that vision of I'm going to be this when I grow up. Um, but I always had like the personality type that I always wanted to like help people. I always wanted to like help problem solve um, an issue that they're having. And I was always a really great motivator and empower of other people. Um, and I didn't actually know that all of those are great skills to have for social work. And I kind of just fell into um, a job with the Salvation Army as a probation officer. Um, and from there I got, it was in the same building as, as their social services. And I got to see all that they do. And I was like, I want to do that. And that's kind of how I got into social work. And then from there, many different uh, positions, worked with different groups and realized, oh wait, I want to go back to school um, to get my uh, master's in social work, my MSW, so that I can like do this to the best of my ability. And I've been doing that with different uh, organizations ever since. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So um, you shared a lot and a lot of things. I've known you for a while and I didn't know those things about you and how you actually got into social work. So I'm so excited to have you here, one, to just to get to know more of your story and what brought you into this avenue and profession. Um, so I'll just start. Um, I'll just start with this brief uh, question. What is I have my idea of what I think would be the hardest part of being a social worker, but what do you feel is a, one of the challenges mm. that people need to be aware of if they're considering this profession? Yeah. So. I'm going to answer that. And then without you guys asking me, I'm going to answer a different question. Okay. okay. So I would say that the hardest part about being a social work worker, where, wherever you're doing that, um, micro, meso, macro level, is this expectation that you are to be all things to all people, that um, you are to solve all the problems. And it's what your opinion of those problems are, not what the actual problem is. Um, and that's the hardest thing to talk about with uh, people that are calling you saying, this person's on the corner screaming, they usually need to go get them off the street and, and I'm sure they're on drugs or I'm sure this or that. And um, taking out of the equation autonomy, um, people have the right 
to do what they want to say yes or no. The only time autonomy is taken away from someone is if they're to harm themselves or someone else. And so there is just this kind of, I don't want to say a stigma, but maybe kind of like a stigma to all social workers from the outside community that we are all things to all people. And we are superheroes, I'll tell you that. Social workers are superheroes, but we, we can only work within our scope for one. And for two, our job is to not take people's autonomy away. Mm. Wow, I thought it was gonna be like, it's hard to see people who, I mean, I have a bleeding heart as Sabrina always says. So just seeing people at some of the most difficult points in their life. That's, that's very hard too. And a lot of, um, and you get burnt out very easily and a lot of people leave the field. And in fact, I, I'd probably say that that's kind of been one of the, one of a few reasons why I left my previous job and I'm where I'm at now. Um, uh, especially during COVID, um, mm. sitting down and talking with people through their grief. So not only for myself, um, I was working with a nonprofit for housing, for um, uh, family self-sufficiency programs, all that. I was also volunteering with hospice, hospice's bereavement groups as a, a group grief facilitator. So um, when we're in the pandemic and the topic, no matter where you go, whether at work, where you're helping someone with their rents, they're not evicted because their husband died of COVID and they're the only one, they were the only ones bringing in money to going to a bereavement group where um, their husband and their child died of COVID. And you're there and your support and you're just there to be with them in that grief, that can take a huge toll on you. And as much as people say, self-care, 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 um, sometimes there's not enough self-care to get you through that. Some, sometimes the self-care is to take a step back um, because you're not meant to hold that much on your own. Um, so I, there was one other question I said I was gonna ask. Oh, the question I was gonna answer, we're, I know, I love how we just like, we're just like going from one thing to another. And then I was like, what was the first part? Uh, I think it'd be important for me to, to describe kind of what social work is in general, because it is so broad um, and it encompasses so much. Uh, and what we learn when we get our degrees is that um, even in social work, we only really can speak on our scope of practice, um, but there are different lanes that you can go in. So for social work, it's just like a helping, the helping profession, right? Related to all like social sciences, relationships with, with individuals, families, groups. Um, we, we talk about the like um, the micro, meso, macro level, like the individual, the community, and like the macro would be like, um, well, individual and then group, and then the macro would be like a community government level. And most of what people think social work is probably happens in the individual micro level. And with that, you could be like a social worker um, who, does like one-on-one -on -one case management for like rental assistance. You can be a licensed clinical social worker and um, you do mental health services. Um, a social worker can be someone that runs a nonprofit, that um, runs a shelter, that has their own uh, mental health practice, uh, that is a social worker at a hospital. There's a huge scope of what, of what they can do. Um, and they can't do all things, but they can do quite a lot. 
and someone who's like an LCSW, a uh, clinical social worker, um, their scope of practice would be mental, mental health counseling. You're not gonna necessarily, unless, unless they have a broad scope of practice, see them uh, at, at their local county government running their social services program, right? Um, so it's a lot, a lot to work with in the social work field. For sure. And I'll say just as a friend who moved to Tampa, golly, I guess seven years ago, I benefited from Tracy's social work because I'm not extroverted. And it was Tracy and her sister who forced me to meet people. And when I moved in with a lady from Craigslist trying to save a dime and it was roaches and I couldn't overcome, they let me sleep on their couch. And it was great. Sometimes literally at two in the morning, I would drive from North Tampa down to South Tampa, not even like knock on their door, just be on their couch because I was like, I can't live this way. And when their roommate moved out, they let me move in and it was great times, you guys. She's amazing. And not just because she let me live with her and <laughs> sleep on her couch when I made a bad decision with Craigslist, but I have seen her be that kind of person who's like, I'm gonna help you be the best version of yourself to people she likes and dislikes. So that's one of my questions, like as a social worker, mm -hmm. how do you, because even the Bible tells us, right? Anybody can be kind to people they love. Mm. How, that it, what, it, what really makes a Christian is how you're going to treat the people you don't love. So how has that been for you, Tracy, going into certain situations where you have to be objective, but treat everybody with the same kind of love? Okay. So uh, one um, I would say that um, social work, when you're in school, we spend a lot of time talking about um, how to address biases, use your own biases, what your code of ethics are, and what your core values are of like service, social justice, dignity, uh, worth of the person, importance of like of humanity, that kind of thing. So um, I think a lot of that is constantly checking yourself when you're with someone and being trying to the best of your ability to um, separate your own um, values and uh, feelings from the situation and their values and feelings. Um, and that's not easy, um, but it, it's one of the things that is, that is trained in you um, throughout, whether you do bachelor's, master's or even um, a secondary uh, state internship to get your licensure are those like code of ethics and those core values um, and just doing everything you can to make sure that like you are not trying to impose your values on someone else. Um, and then there's always, the other thing is there's always the permission to step away. You are never required to work with someone if there, if, there's a huge breach in like ethical standards between the two of you, um, you're allowed to step away. So, and you're allowed to immediately, immediately say, um, we, need, we need to get someone else in here. Um, I can't see you anymore. That's totally fine too. Um, so I really think it takes a lot of compassion and understanding of other people's values that are just because they're different than yours doesn't make them wrong mm. and it's not my place to tell them that their values are wrong and who am I to know anyway mm -hmm. I, I know what I feel and believe but it's not my place as a social worker at all 
Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and as, cause you mentioned something earlier that really stuck with me of saying that, you know, you can't be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes many of us, we, and I say many of us, I don't have a statistic on it. So I know as want to do, I guess a due diligence of being right, right. Or giving out mm -hmm. accurate information. I know there's several people who enjoy being a hero to all people and you want to be able to do everything. Um, but when I think of social workers, you said something else that stuck with me is like, you can't really do things just outside of your scope of practice mm -hmm. simply because that probably wouldn't be something ethical as a social worker or as a person, as you think about, you know, your code of ethics or your values yeah. or standards that you have. But for you, um, what is something in the social work field or under that umbrella um, that gives you the most joy? Um. Some people are going to not understand it, <laughs> but um, what I do with hospice and child bereavement gives me the most joy. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually quite a lot of joy um, in that. Uh, twice, twice a month, I, uh, I facilitate a, a grief support group at hospice. Um, and once a year, which happens in two weeks from now, we also do like a weekend camp um, from, for all ages. Um, focusing on grief, um, a loss of a loved one. And there's just something about a shared, like we, when we have these groups, there's always some kind of like activity around grief that we talk about. And there's just something, even like um, the group of four-year-olds that I'm with, about them just knowing that everyone there is here for the same reason. We open each circle up by introducing ourselves with who our name, uh, how old we are, and who in our family died. And we also are very specific on, on using the correct terminology, especially for children. Because when you say someone passed away, you're like, oh, they're away, when are they coming back? Um, um, using they died, the correct terminology. But, the, but there's something about just knowing that we all share the same thing. Oh, all of our dads died. Um, and having that relief in that one time, in that one space to be able to say whatever they want and they feel like they don't have judgment um, is very special for me to observe and be a part of in a little way. Um, I love when I meet or see or hear people talk about things that I'm like, I couldn't do that. And when you just share that, I'm like, those people need you and everyone can't do those things. Like everyone can't meet those needs or comfort people or support people in those, in that specific area of their lives. Like there are unique people with unique gifts and skills and uh, level of compassion and you know, and their own strength within them, you know, to be able to handle some of those difficult situations. And um, I know I could not be a social worker. <laughs> I just couldn't, but I love how God has gifted different people for the needs of his people. And you know what, you may not be able to do this, but there is someone that can do that. And that, and that really, um, just when you're speaking about that, just brought that to my mind. Um, so, you know, it's an amazing work and I, I applaud you. Um, I wondered, everyone, like I said, everyone can't be a social worker, but is there a way for the community to support 
social work and, mm -hmm. and, or the work, you know, or the people in the community who may need assistance. Like how can people who may not be, that may not be their thing, but they still want to help. They still want to engage. They still want to be a part in some way. Is there yeah. areas in which people can do that? Absolutely. Um, so the other thing with how wide and broad the social work sphere is, is um, you have like generalist social workers and you have clinical social workers. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times, not always, a lot of times the general social workers are the ones that are um, doing the advocacy at the community and uh, federal level. Um, and they're phenomenal at it. Some, some of them are even like run for office. Um, but that is something that you don't need to have an MSW to do. And we always need people advocating for others. Um, the, I'd say that one of the biggest things that you can advocate for for our county right now is affordable housing and tenant, tenant rights. Um, right now in the state of, well, for the longest time in the state of Florida, tenants have very little rights. The laws are written that the um, landlord has all of the power. They can evict you for no reason. Um, and also the way that the laws are written in the state of Florida, once you have an eviction on your record, there is no expunging an eviction. Mm. Um, and also the state of Florida doesn't have laws like other states do on um, like a percentage cap of how much you can increase rent year to year. So I, we're seeing a lot of people who... Um, are being priced out of their housing that they've lived in for years. Um, and they'll get a, legally, they're only required to be presented with a 30-day written notice that, hey, next month we're upping your rent by $400. And there are no other options because the market is looking the exact same. There's nowhere for them to move to. Um, also, we have plenty of people who um, qualify and are have um, like Section 8 or Housing Choice Vouchers, but that's not a required thing for landlords to approve. So they might be able to get the help and they're like, I have, a, I have the assistance. I can afford with my subsidy to rent this house that you say, that you're saying should be like $2,000 a month, but I can't do it with this subsidy. And they're like, no, we don't want to work with Section 8 people. And so what do you do when you have the assistance, but nowhere to go with the assistance. Um, that's where advocacy comes in, where you're advocating um, to your local leaders, you're advocating to your mayor, your council members, um, hey, we need to be addressing these laws. We need to be fixing these laws. Because um, there are laws across across other states that put a cap, a percentage cap on how, um, how much you can increase rent month to month. There are laws in place in other states that um, protect the tenant and give the tenant actual rights. So advocacy, I think would be a, a huge one. Wow, girl, you're speaking, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just had flashbacks of my last year because this is my story. Literally my yeah, trying to buy a house. Let's not even get to try to buy, try to buy a house. Absurd. Um, we got, well, they gave us notice, like, we're not renew renewing your lease. You know, you've been here. We paid on time, had no issues. We're not renewing your lease. And then I find out they have raised the rent $600 yeah. 
more than we were paying. So mm -hmm. I, when you're, I was like, I, I had no idea that this even ties into social work. And that's why I'm so glad we do have you on because I didn't even realize that that, you know, thank God we were able mm -hmm. to make it work but there's so many people yeah our yeah our county commissioners our local council members our state representatives they only care about what their constituents tell them to care about because they want to be reelected. the end so if you are calling them writing them letters just bugging the crap out of them really then they'll start caring about something but if there's not enough people throwing a fit about it as they should be, they're not gonna they're not gonna address it. Wow. All right. I just had a little vision, the kickback kicked back. What are we gonna do about this affordable housing, y'all? Like this is ridiculous to me. I always wondered, Tracy, like how are they able to do this? Um I had an apartment. Y'all heard about me. I was living with the lady from Craigslist. Okay. <laughs> she had roaches. It wasn't great. I mean I chose that. I mean <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that is ridiculous. And I love hearing about things we can actually do. I immediately mm. thought of you, EB, because he he probably knows who all of our local councilmen, I know who our mayor is. It's still Mayor Mayor Jane, right? Mm -hmm. She yeah. seems very approachable. I'm going to include her uh, contact information in the show notes mm -hmm. this week. But you guys already, before we even get to the We Recommends, really, let's not just be the social justice warriors who are listening about it in the moment and then next week we forget about it. Let's really, every one of us write one email, one letter about this, especially if you live in Florida, because if other states can do it, we can too. Mm -hmm. That's and I'm sure, I'm sure other states are, are having issues like this too. I'm sure mm -hmm. Georgia, I've heard uh, North Carolina is having similar affordable housing oh. um, issues. Not the um, I've lived. Yeah. Come on, North Carolina. Oh, I'm yeah. embarrassed. And Florida, come on now. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, when, you, when I think about social work and how far it's come, I'm like blown away, right? Even this situation, I really believe we can make change. Tracy has me hype over here. She said, if we care about it, they'll care about it. So Tracy, when you think about like all the potential there is for change, what would you love to see happen in five years, either personally for you, like something you would love to accomplish in your role right now, or, and I know social work is so broad, but if there's one thing that you and your colleagues talk about five years, what is that thing? It's uh, honestly, it's what I was just talking about with affordable housing. So um, I recently moved into a position where I work um, with the government. I work for our local county um, in social services. And one of the big projects that I took on was a partnership with a local nonprofit lawyers group that specifically works on um, mediation between uh, landlords and tenants to try to mediate and come to a resolution so an eviction does not have to occur. Um, and working with them, that's how I was like realizing, like, I just assume like there should be a law about this. No, there's not. Um, protecting tenants' rights, I think, is and a slash affordable housing is a huge thing that is slowly getting on people's radars. Um, but I think in the next five years is going to be a huge issue and is going to have to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Amen. I guess I would say we'll wrap up. I have one more question unless somebody else has a question. Um, because we do have 
I would say, a nice audience of young professionals and some young adults. And sometimes they may share it with their, I guess, family members or friends who are in high school or trying to still figure out, or mm-hmm. even those who have had <clears throat> career changes, even as adults. Um, when you think about all that you get to do, Tracy, and all that you went through, um, through school to receive your various degrees, if it's somebody who's looking at social work and wanting to make an impact in their community or wanting to serve others, like what would be something, I guess, a word of advice that you would give to encourage them and say, hey, be on the lookout for this, or this is maybe an area you'll want to tap into. Like, what would be that, I guess, message that you would share Hmm. with them? Well, two messages. One, make sure that you actually have a passion for this because having this as a career is a sacrifice, honestly. It's not just a personal sacrifice, but it's a professional slash economic sacrifice. Um, LCSWs, uh, to become a licensed medical social worker, not only do you have to go through your master's, then you have to do an additional um, two-year internship and then take a test and then every two years take another test to be a therapist. And you start out making 48,000 a year as an LCSW. Um, the, you're never gonna make big, big money. And, and I don't, and 48 is not big money. It's like real life, like 48, you, it's hard to live on in, in this city. Um, so it's a sacrifice. And so really just really sit with yourself. Like, is this, is this my passion? Um, whether what, whatever you believe in, do you feel like this is what God's calling you to do? Um, and then stick with it because it's hard. Um, if you're young and you're interested, I would say, um, volunteer with different organizations. When you are in school, do everything you can to sign up for internship programs. Um, because the field is so broad, um, there is something for everyone. And there's definitely something that no one wants to touch. And you need to know that before you end up in a job where you're at hospice and you, you hate talking about death and dying. Mm. Right. Um, so really like, get as much knowledge as you can before you make a commitment because it's a hard commitment <laughs> but worth it worth it which is also side note why as much as I love what I do with hospice I don't work there mm-hmm. um I still have to finish my 3,000 hours of an internship and take the test to get my LCSW and uh professionally and financially for me to do that it would be taking a demotion to do it and that's just not where I want to be professionally right now. And that's just uh, things that you get, you have to decide for yourself. And maybe one day um, I will get my licensure and uh, work at hospice and work in bereavement full time. But for right now, this is where I want to be and meant to be. That does not mean that I can't still have that passion and that joy outside of my job with the county. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Tracy, it it I I feel like I've learned so much right. just in this brief conversation. But you know, we're coming with we came with some questions of our own, but I just wanted to ask before we close this question time, is there anything that we didn't ask, but things that you were like, I do want to be, I do want to leave the people with this bit of knowledge, or I do want to share this encouragement or anything that you want to share that maybe we didn't ask you? Mm. Let me, let me see. Well, while Tracy's thinking, I just want to 
commend her to you guys. Mm-hmm. I, just just with Sabrina, some of the things Sabrina just t- tell you a little bit about her as a person, and we got to know her professionally. But as a person, Tracy is awesome. Life of the She's party. So, life of the party. So much fun. Obviously, so cute. If you're on the video, you see this. Yes. But she's a great time, but a good friend and a challenger. Like, mm-hmm. I love what you say. Like, she's that friend that's going to push you, encourage you, hold you to the fire because she knows that you're capable of more. And she's like, I'm your friend and we're going to we're going to do this thing. And I love that about her. She is she's a great, great person. And I just know that her professional I've never worked with her but I know her professionalism is if it's anything like her friendship and people are usually a little more loose and lax in their friendship I know her professionalism is on point and just even by what she shared today I already you can tell that she's I know she's grown in my eyes. I didn't know she could grow anymore in my eyes. My respect for her. My respect for her. That's what I mean. Obviously, my friends, I don't need you to be anything but yourselves. But like, I just have like this respect for Tracy. And it's just like increased. And I'm like, dang, I have more room in there. That's awesome. (laughs) Tracy also, sorry, for those of you who are on the video, I told y'all I get nervous. So that's why I had this. It it actually like increases the muscles in your hand. So I like it. Those of Sharika's yeah. out there who be. I, I remembered, I remembered something that I do want to address or like say mm-hmm. kind of just as like a shout out for everyone to do. So um, the whole scope of practice thing. So I hadn't really mentioned mental health a lot because mm-hmm. I'm not a licensed social, social worker yet, but I deal with mental health and bereavement. But I want to say that everyone could benefit from getting mental health services Mm -hmm. from a counselor, from a therapist. Um, And also know going in that not every counselor is for you and you have the power to say, this isn't going to work and moving on to a different therapist. I think what I've seen a lot with people who are just starting to try and get help is they're the first person they reach out to, um, they don't click. And they're like, well, I tried it. It's done. Ooh, I think she, that's Sharika. I just saw her face. Oh my God. Um, I'm going to throw her out. The other thing is look, look at it. At, look at getting a therapist just like you would look at like a remodel on your home, I guess. Like mm-hmm. get two to four um, therapists. Mm. Look at, look at, um, look them up online call them, let them know what, what you're dealing de- like a quick, like get to know you. Like, do you, th- do we think that we vibe? Okay. Let's meet. And then know that it's okay to say, I don't think this is working out. I need to go with someone else instead of just quitting therapy altogether. Mm-hmm. I see. This is why Tracy is the real one. You see how she just called me. <laughs> I know I gave my, All right, Rika, I'm, I'm going to follow up with you next week. You got you got some homework this week. Oh my! See, look Love and it. the challenge. Look at that and the challenge. And uh, random side note: Tracy is also that girl that be helping you with your home renovations too. Oh, true! I do it all and gave some few ideas. I will be having her back for that as well. So yes, Tracy let's do does it. all the things. Tracy does all <laughs> vacation planning. Vacation planning. Oh, I love a good itinerary. Yeah, mm-hmm. that she is good at that as well what do you not do that's the question Mm. (laughs) math I don't do math I give you a fun quick story which Sabrina's heard like five million times also uh for the youth out there 
Um, if you can, don't go to grad school while working full time. It will ruin your life. No um, so I had a math class in grad school, a uh, research methods, and um, I had a mental breakdown in a Starbucks crying. Everyone could see me. So math and me, that's something I am not good at. So funny story I like to tell all the time now, but I literally was sobbing in a Starbucks and I had to call my sister and I was like, I need you to just come sit next to me. I can't do this. I don't, I don't know. So yeah, math would be, I'd say math is not something I'm good at. But that also, to your point, everyone, even social workers need help sometimes. Yeah. Even social workers need support at times too. Everything 100%. is in all their things like you mentioned before and you too those in that field know you need help and support too. So true. Stacey, we're so happy to have had you today. Thank you so much for sharing. I've learned a lot. I feel like we all can say this class, I don't know, 45 minutes has just made us better people. And if you don't uh, actually write an email or a letter, it has made you nothing. So <laughs> I'm kidding. But hey, we want to be about action over here, friends. And now we're gonna just keep going on with my little positive quote, hopefully encouraging quote. I wanna show you guys, since we're on video, I have this little thing, it actually goes in here, it's really cute. And you can flip the cards. So this is what I told you guys earlier, maybe like three episodes ago, I'll be pulling from for season two of our quotes. And today's card is so card that has a quote from Aesop and it just goes along with what Tracy was saying, right? Because not all of us can be so social workers and Sharika shared, she asked a great question like, okay, if you are not going to take that path, what can you do to stand alongside them to support what they're doing in your community? So our quote for today is, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. This reminds me of, well, the movie is probably a terrible example, but I've already gone down that road, so I'm going to say it. The butterfly effect, right? Like, even like a small butterfly's wings can like cause a hurricane, blah, 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 the way the saying goes. But I'm not going to say you don't know what your kindness will do. No, you do know. Your kindness mm. can make somebody's day. Your kindness can totally turn somebody's uh, life around. You don't know. It's in those small moments. You're not always going to get the reward. I'm sort of sure for social workers, some of the stuff they do, the impact, it won't be fully grown for another 10, 15 years, but it's about planting those little seeds. So don't think to yourself, well, I can't do, you know, I can't do everything that someone like Tracy does, or I'm not somebody who can put words together very well. And I don't want to write the mayor. Well, ask somebody else to, you know, pass along what you do, what you can, because as this quote says, no matter the act, no matter how small it is, it's never wasted. Evie, mm -hmm. what are you expounding on today? So today, um, it won't be too long, um, and I don't want to get into the weeds, partially because I don't want to do you as a listener a disservice and spouting out wrong information, but I do encourage all of us to continue looking at just, I guess you could say, the overall impacts of what we see going on in Russia and mm. Ukraine. Um, I think the decisions of a few naturally impacts um, a lot of us, whether we are not physically there in that Ukraine, Romania, Poland area, um, but even people in Russia are seeing the severe effects of what their leadership um, have decided to do. And I'll tie that in of what we discussed just today. Like some of the things that continue to stick with me that Tracy said is knowing what your core values are. 
knowing what you are passionate about, having a sense of code of ethics for yourself. And of course, in her, in her specific case, but also for each of us, um, your specific profession. So when you look at your life, when you look at the decisions that you want to make, when you look, even right now, as we see, as we're in the month of March, like, where do I want to be at the end of the summer? Where do I want to be at the end of 2022? Where do I want to be one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? So like I, as an individual and us as the lovely kickback squad, we want to tell you, figure out your core values. Don't let it just be, well, I grew up in this church or this is the way mom taught me or this is how my neighborhood is or this is what I was taught in school. Like dig deep down into yourself, figuring out what's that thing beneath the thing and say, this is who I am as an individual. And if you're one of those people who sometimes you don't know what that is because you're just either, I guess, pulled in so many different directions or you're just stuck. Then, as she highlighted brief, as Tracy highlighted briefly, you know, connect with a uh, a mental health therapist where somebody can help you figure, in a sense, those cobwebs that's in your brain. I can tell you that you are wonderfully um, created by someone who loves you. And for those of you who don't, I, I guess I'll say subscribe to that faith. I would say that you are still a valuable human being on this earth and you have something to offer to the people that you encounter and you interact with. So find out who you are, be a person um, of, I know we all have our different standards, but I think we all know what being ethical means to those who are around you, whether it's physically that neighbor next to you or that neighbor who you cross, I guess that owl in the grocery store or that DoorDash driver or Uber Eats person, like any of those things, just the people you come into contact with, are you leaving a positive imprint on their life where they can look at you and say, you just made my day better. Similar to what Tracy just did for us. Like, I didn't know, as long as I've known Tracy, like we've known each other since like early 2000s, um, growing yeah. up together. And I didn't know she was a double major. Um, and now I'm like, dang, like you are, I guess kind of how Sabrina said that, like you was already filled up in my heart, but now it's filled up more with just your heart and your passion of who you are. And I think it's so many people like that where you just take a time to listen to their story and to, I guess you could say, provide them with uplifting, inspiring and motivating and encouraging words to let them know that they are not on this journey alone. And just because someone else is doing something, that doesn't mean that that's the path for you. Um, you have a path that is created specifically for you. And if you're like, I don't see it, make it. Like you have the power to make it. I assure you that it is within you and surrounding yourself with people who love and care about you, who's willing to support you. So that's all I got to expound on today. And as we get ready to dive into our, we recommend, um, Sharika, what you got for the people? What you recommend? So I'm rep recommending an app, um, kind of goes along with some of the things that we've talked about today, but the app is called I Am. The I Am app is a daily affirmation app um, that helps you manifest and motivate and motivates and reminds you. So it's called I Am. So if you are like me, maybe this is one of the reasons, putting my own self out there, <laughs> that I may need, you know, mental health, we all got our issues. You know, you have negative self-talk talk in your head. These I Am helps you with daily affirmation so to counteract and also the word of god never forget that the number one daily affirmation book but also we have the, the i am app if you are interested in daily uh, affirmations amen 
I'm kind of on that same wavelength today, but not so much for mental health. I'm going to talk about our physical health today. And y'all have heard me talk about the joys of water and what it did for my menstrual cycles. You guys, July's coming up and we're going to talk about fibroids then, but I have to tell you the combination of just drinking enough water <laughs> and taking supplements. And I know I'm coming from a place of privilege when I talk about this because 16 year old me going to my mom being like, hey, I need these supplements. She would have been like, girl, if you don't go eat those oodles and noodles, <laughs> mind, mm -hmm. mind your business. So I'm going to share what the supplement is. And I'm also going to share the type of foods you can naturally get this from. And honestly, it's better to get this type of stuff from the foods you eat anyway. But just for whatever reason in my diet, I need more of it. It's magnesium, you guys. It is like a little miracle supplement, specifically magnesium glycinate. Uh, this is amazing. It can include muscle and nerve function, so better, less inflammation. It can help regulate your blood sugar levels and diabetes type one and two runs in my family. So it's great for me to be, have like the jump on that. And it helps with your making a protein, bone, DNA, you guys, like even right now I'm on my cycle, I really haven't had a cramp. I'm still kind of emotional. Sharika and Evie, they got a little bit of that last night. And Tracy, Tracy actually popped in on the conversation. Emotional, not in the sense that I have false emotions, but everything's heightened, right? One day somebody will say this thing to me, it's whatever. Somebody says this thing to me on this day, it, it's going to be whatever, a whole different kind. But this magnesium, it has helped me also with my sleep. Like I know I'm getting REM sleep because I've been taking it probably for about five months now, twice a day. And I've been dreaming so much more. I'm so granted a lot happened, right? I got a different job that kind of changed my pace. So I slept more too, but I'm saying it's the water, it's the magnesium and it's the cod fish oil that I've been taking. It has been life-changing for me. One small warning. There are two types of magnesium. One will make you poop a whole, whole lot and it won't feel great. You don't want that one because Doug saw how great my life was going. Doug is my husband, remember? And so we brought, we ran out. And so we just brought some magnesium from Publix. Y'all, it was a wrong time. We both thought we had COVID. We didn't know what was going on. And then like literally a week and a half into this, my husband's like, oh, it's that magnesium. And I was like, you're right. We stopped taking that. We went back to having normal, uh, normal bodily functions. It was so bad. It was never solid. And it was just horrible. I know this is TMI, but I'm just trying to warn you. So make sure you get the magnesium. You can Google it. It'll tell I you. Love, this is everything to me. You I'm can, having the best. Time. You can Google it. So make sure you get the magnesium glycinate. Not that I don't even know what the other one's called. Even if I did, I'm not going to say it because you take it for constant. It was pretty much like taking a laxative two times a day. Don't do that. But the magnesium G will change your life for the better. Uh, Tracy, what do you have to recommend today? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not magnesium. Um, though I do take magnesium, the right kind. Do you recommend a supplement? Yes. A good supplement. I take a lot of supplements, actually, but don't get that. What I'm recommending is a book. It's called um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team um, by Patrick Lencioni. It uh, goes through and, and one tells you what the classic five dysfunctions of team are, but um, it models and gives you like actionable steps for how to like overcome those hurdles if your team has those hurdles, but also to just build a more like cohesive and effective team. So if you manage people, um, I highly recommend the five dysfunctions of a team because there's, you have it, you have it in front of you. There's a difference between a manager and a leader. 
And um, I feel like people strive under under leadership, um, not um, management. So the five dysfunctions of a team, totally recommend. And when you read it, you're going to be like, oh, I remember working in that environment. Oh, yeah, I remember that too. So highly recommend, especially if you are a leader, um, so that you can actually realize that there might be something that you're doing as well mm. um, that is causing a roadblock for your team. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. EB, before you close this out, I forgot to say the type of foods. You can find it in dark leafy foods. So like leafy green spinach and all that kind of stuff. Yay. I love eating kale. So I might, I might dive into that, but who knows? Um, My recommend is for each of you to, I guess you could say, do a core values index assessment. Because sometimes people are like, Hey, I don't know what my core values are. And you can naturally, you can say, yeah, I'm brave. Or I like bravery or I like courage or I like integrity or I like honesty or I like transparency. And it can be a multitude of different things that you dive into passionate, compassionate, and we can go on and on of core values. But then also for yourself, there might be like just two to three that are just, I guess you could say, head above shoulders, the rest. And then that's how you can know where you really are. And the other stuff, of course, it naturally will flow from that. So a core values index assessment is what I encourage all of you to dive in on. So you can just figure out where you stand as an individual. Um, and then whether it's a job that you're thinking about, when you think about, are you are you really passionate about something or think about an activity that you want to do or a hobby, you start looking at those things and say, does this line up with my core values? Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes, yes, it's great to be financially stable and to be in a great place. Um, but I can tell you that if you're doing something that you don't enjoy, no matter how much money you make, like after a while, it gets old and run down. And can your mind shift? Of course, because sometimes it's the people. Um, and that's why I think Tracy just talked about managers and leaders. Because sometimes when you have a certain leader, um, they can make you thrive in a season of your life that you're like, this is the best thing that happened to me. And others, you might have managers. Some like to call them bosses. Some like to call them dictators. Some like to call them just people in seats of authority. And um, I am always one of the people who will try to tell you, like, don't use the word boss and around me I'll tell you that they're a supervisor and I say that only because likely your supervisor someone else can come tell them what to do so in my mind you're not the boss um for me in my house my wife is the boss because nobody else can tell my wife what to do in our house except for her um but that's how I always grew up I thought that that was something that was ingrained for me from my mom and my dad and that has helped me be the person who I am where the same way I would treat the janitor I'll treat the CEO like there is no difference um I'll hold you accountable in that same way um but yeah so that's all i got for you guys today as far as uh we recommend hopefully you take heed in what you've heard today and again we want to say thank you to you tracy for dropping Mm -hmm. in and passing these gems to our lovely Mm -hmm. listeners um and for some of you who if you maybe you know a friend a cousin a stranger a classmate you know something i say a stranger in a distant form i'm not like oh this is a random person i see in the street listen to this podcast but hey you can do that too i don't mind but you know people who dive into the social work i guess sphere or people who might just want to hear the message of what we share today please share this podcast with them um if you're not someone who's subscribing make sure you subscribe and we all have different roadblocks at times in our life or barriers that we come across um, or just different things that happen so as always if life tries to knock you down 
make sure you kick back. Until next time.